0: Welcome to my channel. My name is Emmy from Emi Evolving. If this is your first time joining me, thank you for finding me. If this is not your first time, thank you for coming back. Okay, let's get started, guys. Let's get started. I do want to say that uh, pretty much immediately after this live stream, I'm going to be heading over to our exclusive chat Over at the Soul Sanctuary, if you want to be a part of that and you're not already, please click on the QR code or the link in the comment. This is where our congregation goes and we talk about really profound things. Today, the conversation is going to be... It's about programs. It's about cycles. It's about the ways in which we continue over and over and over. With the same struggles, because guess what? We haven't allowed ourselves to address what the struggles are really about to begin with. Oh, so time to recognize the cycle. What cycle are we in? Do you guys know? Because the cycle has been initiated again. Um, I think it's going to be different for everyone, what this cycle represents. But I think it's going to follow similar themes right that there are themes that are coming into play specific themes are coming into play and whatever these themes are it would help you to um, become aware of what themes you're working on because i think for many of us we're working on different themes right something is trying to suck you back into specific types of cycles And again, you have the final say in how these cycles are going to go. What soul is instructing you is to let go of your allegiance to the very things that are are the most toxic for you. It's time to recognize a cycle. Have you been playing yourself? Has someone been playing you? Is this a game that's been going on? Are you tired of the game that's been going on? Um... I think for many of us, we don't realize the ways in which we're participating in other people's games. It's like for some of us, we're like doing things for the long haul and we don't realize, oh, this was never meant to be long haul. This was a one-time experience that I've been dragging out because... I don't know, maybe it feeds the part of you that is still stuck in that toxic cycle that seeks that toxicity. It doesn't make you a toxic person, but you need to be aware if that's where you're at within your life, you know, allowing for the awareness to develop. So that way, as you go through whatever it is you're going through, you can then begin to recalibrate. I think for many of us, we don't want to face what needs But we don't want to face the reality of how powerful we are. We don't want to take accountability for it because if we hold ourselves accountable for the different things that um, has been happening, then it's like, oh, then it's our fault. It's not about fault. It's not about blame. It's about the recognition of your power over your life. So what needs to happen? I think for many of us, what needs to happen is we need to get to a point where we stop asking the why, why this, why me, what, and start asking, what, what should I do next? What, what, what do I need to heal about myself? What is there that my soul is trying to bring my attention to that I'm really very much struggling to pay attention to? Like, what is it? I think as long as we don't want to see, we're not going to be able to see. So if you want to see what's happening, you have to go all the way down to the foundation. All the way down to the core of you. Um, What's happened in your history? And how is that history still making itself known in the present time? What is it? What do we need to know about ourselves, our journey, so that we can consciously co-create? Meaning if you're aware you don't like something, you're going to withhold your participation. You're not going to fuel that. You're not going to egg that on, right? You are going to instead consciously choose to do something else. Feminine. Goddess lady. This is an indication that you're being invited by soul to consciously create. It's time to recognize the cycle you're in. Is it a creation cycle that's beneficial for you? Or is it one of the old cycles? And we all have cycles. We all have cycles. Is it one of the old cycles that have hurt you? That continues to hurt you. Because if it continues to hurt you, I think we're going to need to choose something else. No? I think we're going to need to... Maybe take this opportunity to see where this is rooted so we can amend the soil. Because when a flower doesn't grow properly, you don't shame the flower. You find out what it's deficient in, what it's in excess of. You amend the soil. You amend the water. You change everything about its environment so that it has everything it needs to return back to a space of thriving. You need to begin seeing yourself as a delicate flower. Not as an excuse, but as uh, an awareness that you are not to shame yourself about the ways in which you're growing. You need to recognize when something needs to be shifted, when things need to be increased, decreased, all of that, Right? it's a lot it's a lot oh I'm choosing to get dragged back in the hopes they live up to their potential do you want me to address that I'll leave it alone so dedicate yourself to yourself dedicate yourself to yourself because um I think for many of us this cycle that we're needing to recognize Is going to call us out in ways that are going to rock us to our core. You sure you want me to share my opinion on that, Leanne? (laughs) It's not often you get to hop on the live with me these days. I don't want, (laughs) you know, um, I don't want the one time you're able to to be the time where it's like you get filleted <laughs> emotionally filleted you know what I mean it's like ah Michael's like she gave her answer she asked you to all right so this apparently is more than just for you Leah um she says I do I need the slap okay soft slap just soft slap okay soft slap so here Leanne says, I'm choosing to get dragged back in the hopes they live up to their potential. You know they're not going to live up to their potential because you know they're exactly who they are. They are who they are. You know who they are. What you are doing is you are catering to the addiction to punishment. You're addicted to the punishment. And for many of us, we are addicted to being punished. We continue to go back over and over and over to the same people who continue to hurt us, who continue to mistreat us because there is a large part of us that we refuse to look at, right? Just because you put your hands over your eyes does not mean you are actually blind to what is happening, what you are doing, what you are co-signing This is not about fault. This is about recognition of what's happening inside you. You are seeking another round of punishment because you are getting to a point where you are healing beyond identifying as the wound. And that is scary. So let me hyper-intellectualize this so that I can give access to myself again, so that I, I don't have to be honest with myself and say like, I'm just addicted to being hurt. Like- I don't like myself, but I don't have the courage to hurt myself because people will think bad of me if I do that. So instead, I'm going to go back to the people who have the capacity to hurt me. And I'm going to say, I'm here. I'm here. Hi, guys. And they're going to do what they always do. And I'm going to get the hit of it. And, and then I'll, I'll pull myself back out. I'll pull myself back out. That's hard. If we look at this in terms of substance abuse, let's say you're, you're addicted to crack. You're going to go to a crack house because you see the potential in the people there. What's the likelihood of you backsliding into that addiction, full-blown addiction to crack? You're in a crack house. What is the potentiality? It's very high. You've been sober for how many years? Why would you go to a crack house? There is nothing there that will heal you. Oh, Emmy, I'm going back to the crack house to show myself that I've healed. No, you're going back to set yourself up because you're starting another cycle of self hatred. So you're going back to punish yourself. Does that make you a bad person? No, it makes it clear that you are still very deep in the process of healing. And you don't need to rip that wound open every single time you become aware that it's starting to heal. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy that most of us do this. We don't realize. That's the crazy part. We don't realize that we're punishing ourselves. That we still, for the most part, believe emotionally we deserve to be treated that way, right? Like, no, I'm good. I'm good. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that first we develop our intellectual maturity. And then, secondary to that, we will develop our emotional maturity. You need to first develop the intellectual maturity be- before you develop uh, additional emotional maturity because there's no way you can make sense of the emotions if you haven't. Yet elevated your intellectual understanding of the root causations of those emotions. So, as you're going through this cycle, preparing yourself to now begin working on the emotional components that need further cultivation, you have to be very, very careful that you do not allow this unrecognized intellectual trigger to cause you to hyper intellectualize your reason as to why you're going back into the spaces that harmed you in the first place. Like, ooh, damn, is that what's happening? Yes, you're not broken. You're not broken. You're starting the second part of your healing, the emotional part. And sometimes the only way to initiate that second part, the emotional part, is to allow yourself to momentarily consider and thus be low-grade accessed by the people who will trigger the emotions from the past. That doesn't mean you have to go all the way back. Sometimes it's just the act of getting in the car, knowing you have an intention to go to a crack house, to shake you in your emotions and be like, what the fuck am I doing to myself? Just because you got in the car doesn't mean you have to turn on the engine, back out the driveway, drive the 30 miles to the crack house, get out of the car, and go inside. It's all about what you're willing to commit to. And if you've been able to commit to allowing toxic people to be toxic to you, to be hurtful and harmful to you for prolonged periods, boo, it's not about your inability to dedicate yourself. It's about what you choose to dedicate yourself to. This tells me you have the capacity to do what you want to do. You just don't want to do it right now. So now you have to ask yourself, why don't you want to do it right now? Are you not done suffering? Do you need to suffer a little bit more in order for you to be so depleted of that desire to suffer that you will never again allow yourself to enter into that space? There's this one relative who the last time I saw them was a couple of years back. And oh my God, they, they absolutely traumatized my entire family um, with the aggressive acts. And it, it was, and it was out of nowhere, literally out of nowhere. And no, they will never, ever, 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 ever again be in the same proximity of my children. Ever. I will never agree to that again. I don't give a flying, swimming, floating, paragliding fuck about what anyone thinks. My duty and obligation is to the health and safety of my children. That was the final fucking straw. Do I celebrate when bad things happens to this relative? No. Does it make me feel good, make me feel vindicated, like, yeah, karma? No. I'm not an asshole. I can act like one, but I'm not an asshole to my core. That's not part of who I am. Bad things are happening? That sucks. Am I going to offer to help? No, I'm not. No. But they don't have anyone? Yeah, because of the way they act. I'm not going to martyr myself. I'm not going to martyr my children. No. It just is what it is at this point. But what if something bad happens? That was not within my realm of control or authority to begin with. What am I going to do? I need to focus on what I can positively affect. I mean, if you can positively affect thousands of strangers that I don't have an abusive history with, Don't forget that. No one again will ever inspire or shame me into a space of forgetting, intentionally forgetting the amount of abuse that I have endured because of that person. Never again. I remember all of it. I'm not bitter. I remember it. You will never again have that opportunity to do that to me, especially not to my children. Oh, but they're this, they have that label. Oh, but Emmy, that's a parent. That whoever that is, that's still your family. I, I used to be very staunch on like fucking disown them. Fuck it. Uh, now it's like, no, that's a relative, yeah. You're not gonna do anything? No. Why? Because that's your relative, right? That's a relative. What did I need to do? Outside of acknowledge, oh, that's unfortunate. What did I need to do? Focus on what I need to focus on. What is that? Maintaining a healthy ethos. A healthy mindset. A mindset that continues to be supportive of and um, conducive to healing. Okay? And part of the healing is recognizing, no, those are old cycles. Everyone in my family knows me. As the one who will literally drop everything. You need something. You've treated me like shit my whole life. It don't matter. I'm the person you call. I'll fucking drop everything. I'll drag my kids along. I'll let them know, hey, we got to do this. No options. And you can treat me like shit while I'm doing it. I still keep doing it because, you know, not anymore. And the only reason I feel emotions rising Is because I just became aware. Holy shit. I don't feel any emotions talking about this. It's just very matter of fact. It's like what I've learned. I've learned this. I will still continue to help with things I'm drawn to help for, whether that be someone I'm related to or a complete stranger. If my heart tells me to help, of course. Yes, of course. Unless my heart tells me to help, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, that doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me selfish. It doesn't make me anything negative. It makes me empowered in my space of healing. Knowing my boundaries and my proper place is very, very healthy for me. It's very, very healthy for me. And I've been fine-tuning this. I've been in a cycle for quite like maybe two months at this point I've been in a cycle of fine tuning my understanding and that intense passionate response to what I'm learning what is being rehashed in my thoughts in my emotions in my life starting to level out one of my more recent live streams on tiktok um It was this thing of, you know, it was part of a, I think I was doing just a talk or something like that. I wasn't offering anything, no energy work or anything like that. And someone comes on the live stream and is asking me for free work. And I'm just like, you know, there's nothing on this live stream from the description to the about me, to anything I'm saying that is indicating that I am offering something, please do not come onto my live streams asking me to give you something I am not freely offering. Right? The first couple of weeks, it was really irking me because it was triggering a remembrance of how I overgave those cycles from years ago where I intentionally depleted myself trying to prove I'm a good person, guys, I'm a good person. It didn't prove nothing. All it did was encourage those who are predatory in nature, the users to latch onto me and use me, right? That's the problem. They don't want to see me as a sibling with boundaries. I'm tired of dropping everything, including my boundaries, to fit into the toxicity. Leanne, why does it matter how they see you? Because they're always going to see you in whatever way they want to see you. I'm seen as the bitch of the family, yet I'm the one who gives the most. I don't give a fuck how they see me. They're still my relatives. What's important is the way I see myself. I'll share something with you. It's it's kind of messy, but I'll share it because it'll probably give you a, a, a more refined um, understanding of what needs to be cultivated. So, When I came back to take care of my mom, my business was thriving. It was thriving. Despite all of the fucked up shit that was happening, um, in terms of former associates, my business was thriving and because of old dynamics and again, trying to, uh, fit into the toxicity. Um, I went ahead. My mom had a lot of money. She had a lot of fucking money that was set aside, right? It's supposed to be for her care, yet she wasn't being cared for properly. There's one specific person that was in charge of managing all of that. And why did I come back? And I covered all of the medical stuff. I was purchasing all of the supplies, all of the diapers, all of the skin protection. Um, I was taking care of her 24 hours a day why did i do that not only was i not getting paid to be her caregiver she was bedridden why did i do that and i paid for all the medical things and in addition to doing all of that then a specific individual got inspired to go around and tell everyone i only came back to steal her money that i don't have access to that only they have access to and are using they're going to see you in whatever way suits their agenda. Do I look back and think, ah, oh, fuck that. I should have been reimbursed for that. No. I didn't do that to prove to any relative anything. Mm-mm. Fuck them what they think. Still relatives. So why did I do that? I knew my mom didn't have long. I wanted her to experience the woman she raised me to be. That's why. I wanted her to see that in the years that I was gone, I became what I've always been. And that was something just between her and I. It wasn't to prove anything to any toxic relative. It was to show her I meant it when I said I wanted to take care of her. That that is all I wanted to care for her. And it was because I wanted her to experience for however long she chose to stay what it felt like to be protected, to be shielded, to be elevated among all other women. I remember a conversation I had with her, everything just fucking imploded. It was almost time for me to leave the state. My kids were starting to get sick in the state. When I told her that, that one person, I told that one person, hey, letting you know in advance, we're going to have to leave much sooner. Uh, so just letting you know before I start any processes, transferring all her care to where we're moving, right? And that person wilded it out. They wilded it out. Um, they came to the house immediately. I was in the middle of a session with a client who suffered through DV. They opened the door to my session, didn't knock. They opened the door to my session and started screaming that they wanted me to come outside so they could beat the shit out of me in front of my kids. Yep. I immediately muted my session because I'm not going to traumatize my client who's already struggling with the after effects of DV in their life. And, um, they got in my face and I simply said to them, you put one finger on me, I will sue the fucking shit out of you. I will press charges and I will sue the fucking shit out of you. At which point they were wilding out. This is the same cycle that always happens. Same fucking cycle over and over and over. Except this time it's not going to be the same because I'm not going to participate. I said, if you can't calm yourself down, I'm going to call 911 and have you removed. At which point they said, oh, your name's not on the lease. Okay, smartass. Here's the thing I've been occupying this house for more than 21 days with mail coming here. I am legally a resident of this property. Lease or not, I'm legally a resident. So I called the cops and they were feeling all ballsy. Cops came, told them to leave. I'm her caregiver. When they left, I told my mom, you need to make a choice. I'm going to say something. I need you to understand me. You need to make a choice. If they remain your power of attorney, they can block me from taking care of you because then they can file all sorts of different paperwork to turn this into a conservatorship. If you want me to fight for you, you need to make a choice right now. If you want me to fight for you, I will fucking destroy everything and everyone that tries to keep me from taking care of you. You need to choose, though. That requires stripping them of the power of attorney, placing me as a power of attorney, and stipulating, in the event of a conservatorship, you ask the court to grant me the opportunity to be your conservator. I don't need to be paid, but we need to protect your choice. And you know me. If you ask me to fight for you, I will fight in ways they cannot win. But you have to choose not initiating any more cycles and she chose not to repeat those cycles anymore either. And that was the same day that power of attorney was transferred. People only have the power you let them think they have. First and foremost, Power of attorney does not make you own a person. It makes you their legal agent, meaning you can sign on their behalf, but you can't do that without their consent. Have you guys been doing this with the people in your life where it's like you're giving them power of spiritual attorney, where you are letting them think and act further solidifying their belief that they own you? you know what happened? You know what happened? (laughs) There was a family meeting after that. They didn't know I stripped the power of attorney already. There was a family meeting. And that one person went ahead and gaslit everyone behind the scenes, right? And when that family meeting occurred, it was this thing of all of them were basically in the same room screaming at my bedridden mother. You're going to die if she takes you out of the house. She was getting stressed out. I was just standing right beside her bed, not saying a word. And she looks at me and, and tears in her eyes. And I said, I don't care what they say. What do you want? You don't want me to take care of you. That's okay. I'm not going to be mad, but I'm going to leave. It's time for me to leave. You know, I can't live in California. If you want me to take care of you, you let them know, and I will begin the process and you will be coming with me. So she said she wanted me to take care of her. And I said, you guys heard it. And that one person said, no, you can't take her. I'm her power of attorney. I said, actually, consider yourself, served. you've been stripped of your appointment as her legal agent. Family meeting immediately was done. everyone was so mad. My mom looked at me and I said to her, fuck them. You're You're an adult. That is your money. That doesn't have to go in my account. I don't even want it in my account. That is your money. You have the money to live wherever you want. Remember what I told you. I will fight anyone and everyone you ask me to fight on your behalf. And she's like, I don't want anyone to fight. Mom, there won't be a fight unless they try and stop you from doing whatever you decide. There will not be a fight. At which point I turned to my sister-in-law and I let her know. If you could kindly let my relatives know, if they want to fuck around and find out, My personal assistant is a licensed paralegal in the state of California. And her best friend is a licensed attorney in the state of California. We can take this as far as it needs to go. Right now, I'm helping quite a few people. But if need be, I'll focus all of my finances on destroying motherfuckers who get in the way of what my mother wants. And if you'd like to see, this is one payment processor. This is only for this month. Let me show you my credit report. I have no debt. I pay cash for everything. When I say I have the ability to launch a war you've never seen in your life, I absolutely mean it. I will fucking fight for my mom. But there will be no fight unless they want the fight. And if they want the fight, let them know. I'm prepared to destroy your entire fucking life on her behalf. So there was no fight. Why? Because I meant every single word. You will not drag me back into those same cycles. To drag me back is to lose every single one of your appendages you try and use to drag me with. I will sever them from you. When I declare I will not be returning to old cycles, I mean that. You guys need to make a decision. And you know how that ended? After a month with me, she decided she no longer wanted that. As hard as it was, as much as it broke my heart, I brought her back to California. The choice has always been hers. It was always her choice, and I told her that. That if you choose to come with me, that requires you participating in your self-healing. If you're not going to take your medications, if you're not going to do your physical therapy, you have to come back to California. Here, they will enable that. You can ride to your dialysis on a gurney. You could do that. They have ambulatory transport. The state we're in, they don't have that. They'll put you in a rest home. So those are the options. You either participate actively or you have to go back to California. All of that is up to you. This is not talking about big and bad. This is about making declarations of your life um, and sticking to it. Allowing yourself to grasp where you're at in your journey, right? And that was a period where it was extremely difficult for me to hold my space Because, man, those familial cycles, cycles that are fueled by very toxic family dynamics, you find yourself in that, mm, you lose sight of who you are real quick. You revert right back to the same person you were the last time you were in that environment. For me, personally, mm -mm, I'm not... Not reverting to anything. I refuse. You can't make me. And if you try to make me, I will fight. And you will not win that fight because I would literally rather die. I would literally rather die than return back to those different spaces of toxicity. I will not slowly poison myself anymore. No. No. Is there anyone in my family that is disowned? No. Is there anyone in my family that I have nothing to do with? Quite a few. Quite a few. Well, Emmy, family has to this and that. No, it doesn't have to do any of that. We choose to. Family simply has to share biological makeup. That's it. That's it. You share the same biology that is it. So what needs to happen? You need to recognize the ways in which you haven't actually let go of these cycles. Because if it's popping back up and you're considering, you know, going back, re- re-immersing yourself in these types of spaces, that tells me Your soul doesn't believe you're done, but it can't convince you to see the reality of where you're at. You are not healed. You are not progressing. You are falling backwards and you have to ask yourself why. Is this something where you need to temporarily be exposed to that just so you can get to a point where you let go? Are you being pulled back as an arrow with that backward movement, loading potential into the bow? So when you finally let go, you are launched far forward. Like, what is that about? That's why you need to be aware. It's time to recognize the cycle you're in, right? Um, Fruition, abundance, reaping what you sow. So some people might be like, but I mean, what if they really have no one? Um, this part right here, reaping what you sow, right? Um, I am now a very firm and very staunch believer that sometimes when people are extremely horrible to the kindest, most loving individuals, and then they find themselves alone, that's because they're probably like that to everyone. They're probably bad to everyone. And so no one wants to be around them. Why do you have to keep volunteering yourself? Leanne, please don't email me any updates about your mom. I don't want to be triggered back into those spaces that I've struggled so hard to move forward from. I will share this tidbit. If your mother continues to choose to be immersed in those types of environments, that is her choice. And if you choose to support that choice, then you are inadvertently choosing to also immerse yourself in those environments. And that is still your choice. So if your mother is going to be used as the pathway, the bridge to access you, I don't know what you need to do. But I will tell you, I disappeared for several years with no forwarding address, no phone number, no social media to keep tabs on me. I disappeared completely wholeheartedly because she made her choice and I would no longer allow myself to be accessed. So we can continue to intellectualize things or we cannot. We can see it for what it is. And address it for what it is. And in doing that, you are powerfully positioning yourself to really gain some traction in your journey. okay? Um, it's just one of those things where when we allow ourselves, and I'm not angry with you, leanne,'m just I just realized that um, if if you do, send me an email. Um, I'm aware that it it will trigger, re-trigger very old wounds of mine. And because I'm aware of that, I will not read the email and I don't want you to pour your heart out and not receive any type of response from me thinking that I just ignored you. Um, I have to protect myself and my heart and I don't believe you're trying to be malicious or malignant or drag me into anything. Um, You probably see me as a kindred soul because we've experienced similar things, I guess. Uh, But I I need to do what I need to do. That's the equivalent of me um, going back to the crack house in that analogy, right? Like I cannot allow myself to do that because I cannot guarantee what will happen when I get in the car to drive to that space that lives inside me. And when you guys cannot guarantee how it will affect you, it's best to not test yourself. It's best to realize it's in this moment I'm being shown I need a little more love, a little more patience, and a little more compassion for myself from myself. I'm not ready. Right? It's okay for you to recognize you're not ready to face aspects of your past. Eventually, you will have to. But if you know you're not ready, um, it's not going to serve you. I need to force yourself to. It's just, it's not. Um, the Sundancer's joyful activity, celebration of life and abundance, but it's in reverse. So, for quite a few of us, this cycle that we're needing to recognize is doing the opposite, it's draining the joy. It's eliminating things to celebrate about life. It is cutting your abundance and draining your resources. (sighs) To me, at this point, it's not a tough choice. It's not even about self-preservation in my eyes at this point. To me, it's about intentional interference with the projected fulfillment of my divine destiny because when i allow myself to continue to be distracted by things that have historically from my personal history been used to distract me from what i need to do in this moment for my um compliance to my divine purpose whatever that might be um yeah no i'm good i'm good i don't need to I don't need to go into that. I need to simply be aware like, okay, I think this is so letting me know like girlfriend, you're starting to lose track of a few different things. Okay, you gotta stay focused. Like, oh, I gotta share this with you guys. By the way, thank you to everyone who, um, thank you to everyone who sent all the birthday things and stuff yesterday. I'm sorry, I didn't get a chance to respond to emails and stuff. I was in a food coma. Uh, I was going to go live yesterday just to spend a little bit of time with you guys, um, a little bit of time with you guys and, and just celebrate my birthday with y'all. Um, <laughs> so instead I decided to take some pictures. <laughs> I decided to take some pictures instead, and I will share that with you, and it will be like our own little birthday celebration for like a minute or so, okay? So, <laughs> it's airdropping. So, as that is airdropping, what is happening <clears throat> as that is airdropping, creativity, vastness, right? You're entering into a space of creativity, a space of expansion. And what you need to do is simply flow with it. Let it happen. Just do the dang thing, right? Just do it, be it, enjoy it. Um, and if not, then then don't. But if you do, then good. Very good. (laughs) Okay. Hold on. I totally, they wouldn't, my family would not allow me to help cook or anything. And they fed me all day. I love my family. (laughs) But here goes. Here's my sharing of my birthday. So first thing in the morning, I went ahead. And I went to the gym as usual, and I decided to make myself a little, (laughs) I said, what's your plan for your birthday? My plan was just making some cupcakes. Look at the cupcake. (laughs) And the reason this is an amazing thing is because I now have 10 plates, 1045. So one, two. Three, four, five. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> yes, that was a lovely accomplishment for me yesterday. I wanted to just celebrate that. I was like, "Hey, girl!" <laughs> and then I decided to do a couple selfies on the couch to share with you guys. <laughs> um, my 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 men got me some birthday bling and says, birthday girl. What's up? (laughs) And that's me with a food coma on my face. This is me ready to pass out as a birthday girl. And it was lovely. I loved it. I had fun. Oh, I'm not even showing you guys here. Okay. So that is me food coma status right there. This is me waiting for more food. And this is me after I've eaten and they got me birthday girl bling, right? So that was that I didn't have a birthday girl hat. I had birthday girl bling and it was blingin'. It was blingin'. I loved it. It was lovely. So thank you everyone for all the people who reached out and greeted me happy birthday and well wishes and stuff. I loved it. It was amazing. Anyways, let's finish this up because I got to get going. Fairness and balance. You guys need fairness and balance in your life? Um, the fairness needs to come from you. I think for many of us who go through these cycles, we're very unfair with ourselves. We force ourselves into spaces that we don't really need to be in, right? <clears throat> but we we do it anyways because we feel obligated. And it's just, you know, what's that going to do for you? And it's not about, like, all you care about is what's good for you. It's about you being a priority. And just because you're a priority does not mean you are the only thing that matters in your life. It just means you must take care of yourself first before you try and save everyone else. I think for many of us, we try too hard to save people who really don't need saving. They continue to put themselves in these situations and it's just, it is what it is. It is what it is, you know, conclusions are within reach. I think for many of us, we're finally coming to this realization of the ways in which we have been egging on the continuation of certain cycles for us. Um, either by continuing to interact with what we should not be interacting with or seeking it out, like actively seeking it out and hyper-intellectualizing what you're seeking out and why, right? Um, I'm totally, you know, I'm very dry when it comes to certain types of situations. It just, it is what it is. And when you choose things that keep leading to the same results that make you unhappy, well, then it still is what it is. And it doesn't carry with it the implication that you deserve that. It absolutely is fully soaked, marinated in this factuality that you chose that. And if you are choosing that... um, For me, it's my personal belief. I'm not allowed to tell you what to choose. I shouldn't, right? That robs you of the opportunity to choose for yourself the very things that you need to choose so that you can begin understanding the kind of power you wield over yourself in your life. That's why, um, as of late, I've been very, um, very staunch With, you know, when I recognize, oh, I'm about to say something that you probably are already aware of, um, but you're still actively choosing to remain in these cycles that you know are toxic for you. I'm going to just say, you know, let me just stay in my lane and and just quiet myself down because you already know these things. Um, And, you know, you're trying the best you can. Because for many of us, yes, we're trying the best we can. Uh, Is it helping us? Not really, because the best we can is not actually addressing the reality of the circumstance. It's still putting certain types of blinders or filters on our eyes. We don't want to see it for what it is, right? If someone has never been helpful, and now they're being nice to you, but they're still not helpful, right? They still continue to drain you, um, maybe drain your resources, emotional, mental um financial, whatever it is, resources, then it's still an issue. Of course they're being nice to you. They need you. <laughs> of course they're being nice to you. But also, of course, they haven't made any changes. Now it's this thing of like you're trauma bonding. They're successfully convincing you to trauma bond. Oh my God, there was this TikTok, this guy, he just he sits in his car and, and he he talks about I don't know what he talks about. But I came across his video the other day. It was the first time seeing his content. And he's talking about how him and his wife, they're, they're kind of like they're about to head towards a separation. They're not getting along, this and that. They're going to couples therapy. And um, next thing you know, this therapist, because she's supposed to be like really, really good. And um, she starts saying things that, that sound low-grade or even high-grade racist. Right, She's talking about um, Latin culture and this and that. And the wife is, is pretty passive and she doesn't really say much. Um, but the husband, the guy, he's like, he's getting all offended. He's like, what the fuck are you talking about? And and he gets real mad at some point because she's being really offensive, the therapist. And at one point he's like, you're lucky you're a woman because if you're a man, I'd punch you in the face because of what you're saying. And then the wife is like, gets involved and she's a woman. <laughs> the therapist is a woman too. And long story short, um, the wife ended up punching the therapist the therapist in the face. They had to call the cops. The wife went to jail. <laughs> he bailed her out for two grand and like they're bonding now. Him and his wife are bonding. They're on the same page. They have a common enemy. Um, and. That's what the therapist was saying, that they're, they're trauma-bonded. They're not in love. They're trauma-bonded. Him and his wife are trauma-bonded. And now that she's attacked the therapist, um, it's solidified their trauma bond. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck am I watching? And then there was an update because the following day, that video went viral. There was like a million something um, hearts on it. That wasn't how many was views. That was the hearts, like two million hearts or something like that. 1.9 or I don't remember. But I was like, what the fuck? And then he did an update where he's talking about because that went viral, the therapist called him and kept calling and calling, calling. Like after how many calls he finally answers. And she's like, Okay, she wants to apologize. She wants him to know that she's dropped the charges. She's not pressing charges anymore. She wants them to come in and see her. Um, She's going to lower her rate. (laughs) Because now she sees that they do love each other. She could help them. And I'm like, so basically your trauma bonded asses got the therapist to trauma bond with you as well. what the fuck is happening here? And everyone in the comments was saying that too. (laughs) Y'all got to be careful about these people in your lives that are successfully and very easily getting you to trauma bond with them. Like it's us against the world. No, it's me against the world because you don't add anything to it. Like it's literally me against everything. Because I'm carrying everything. If it's a partnership, well, I'm not speaking for myself. I'm just saying, like, when you're in a trauma bond, because um, I'm over here, like, wait, no, my husband helps me. I'm like, oh, no. Like, oh, people are going to think I'm talking about myself. No, I'm not. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh uh-uh. uh. It is like a drug. You're right, dark warrior. Those kind of connections are like drugs, they're very addictive. Addictive. Very, very addictive. And yeah, it was funny, but not at the same time. Because I was just like, wait, what? You not only did your therapist drop the charges, she's like, that didn't go in the way that I was planning. Um, I was trying to communicate something and it didn't quite go well. And I I I didn't communicate it in the way that I should have. I was like, oh, this is a trauma bond right here. Oh. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. You guys got to be careful about that. You got to be careful about that. And the wife was not on board. She was like, no F that. I don't want anything to do with that therapist. And then the husband convinced her like, yeah, no, we should. You should talk to her. You should talk to her. I'm not saying husbands are bad, but I am saying when there's a person in your life who was addicted to trauma bonds, addicted to drama, of course they're going to convince you to affix yourself to another drama situation. It might not be the same as the previous drama situations. That's still a cycle. That is still a cycle. Like, uh-uh. No. No. No, that don't sit right. That don't sit right at all, right? So surrender to the divine. For many of us, it's in reverse. For many of us, what we're choosing to do is fight our process. What we are choosing to do is allow ourselves to keep on keeping on. And that's not going to work. It used to, but it's not gonna work anymore because for many of us, our divine purpose is being activated. For many of us, we're being brought into a space where we are being asked by soul to begin recognizing what we are here to do. All of that traumatic stuff, all of those old cycles, they were cultivating different aspects of your character. I think for many, those aspects of your character have had enough cultivation. It's time to begin entering into different cycles where you're learning how to apply what was cultivated. You know, you could own a farm, a dairy farm, and pile up all of that cow dung, cover it with a white tarp and put old tires on top. Y'all who know California, you know what I'm talking about. You can go ahead and do that and have an entire mountain of cow dung Um, That can then be used as fertilizer, but if you don't know how to process it, it's just going to be a mountain of cow shit. That's what it's going to be. A mountain of poo. If you don't know how to cover it with certain types of covers to keep the heat in, which kills the non-beneficial microbes and encourages the proliferation of the beneficial microbes then that's not going to be a product that can be applied. That's not something that can be presented as a fertilizer. You see what I'm saying? How this applies to your journey. You can pile up all of this trauma, all of this caca that has happened over the course of your life. But if you're not going to enter into the next part, which is where you consciously learn how to cultivate that, how to apply it, You're just going to have a pile of shit in your life. You need more than that at this point. We all do. We need to get to the point where we can use that shit we've been through to grow the orchard, to cultivate the garden, right? The end of a tough cycle approaches in reverse, I think, for some of you guys, for quite a few of you. If you don't know what cycle you're in, how are you going to end it? Because this is going to need to be a conscious decision to end that cycle, to exit out of it. If you don't want to see what cycle you're in, you're not going to know what you need to cycle out of. It's time to take action, but again, in reverse. So this is telling me that for some of us, um, part of cycling out of it is by simply recognizing what it is in reference to. And that awareness is the very thing that will initiate the cycling out. I've had people who have tried to come back into my life, um, having been gone quite a few years and their departure was because they listened to the shit talking that was happening about me that was not being challenged by me. I was just quiet by it or quiet with it. And they try to come back, basically they're low grade participants in the cyberbullying, right? Um, They didn't speak up. They didn't speak out. They didn't come to me and like confirm, like, is this really what's happening? Nothing. They just blindly believed. And so they're coming back. Yeah, no. I'm good. I don't, I don't need any of that. I don't need any of that. Oh, but Emmy, what if, what if they made a mistake, made a mistake being themselves You see, it it wasn't because they heard gossip and believed it. It's because they had no problem not fully understanding what was happening before they condemned me and joined the list of people who wanted to see me publicly crucified. I don't need that type of person in my life. The issue is not the gossip. The issue is the lack of character. I don't need to question when you're going to do that again. I've moved forward. I don't want to revert back. So it's definitely um, that awareness, right? There were a couple of people you guys have heard me address um, over the last couple of weeks, a couple of people from the past, you know, trying to come back like we're homies and stuff. We're not homies. We're not homies. Um, and because I, I was aware they were part of <laughs> all of those attempts, right, to cyberbully me and destroy me and, and all of those. And when I say destroy me, um, I, I literally mean that. At one point, I had one of them tell me in a private message that I, could, I should consider unaliving myself. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of shit that I, I put up with before, right, to the degree where I had mountains of shit surrounding me, and I refused to address it, I refused to properly process it, and that gave me the perception that life is shitty until I allowed myself to have permission from myself to then begin processing, then begin Applying the fertilizer, and now I have a beautiful orchard. I'm good. I don't need any more shit. I just don't. I'm good off of it, right? Take time to breathe out, but it's in reverse. I think for many of us, we're holding our breaths, much like you guys um, heard in the earlier conversation of this live stream where it was this thing of hoping um, hoping that you'll see the people who have never tapped into their potential suddenly miraculously tap, tap into their potential. Why would they do that? They're comfortable where they are, right? So what are you holding your breath for? What are you holding your breath for? Prosperity lies ahead, but if you're going to stay exactly where you're at, it's not going to, you're not going to reach that space of welcoming in your prosperity, um, I mean you're in in full control. You have the authority to decide whether or not your prosperity will come. But it won't come. It won't be delivered where you're currently staying. There are certain things that people go through that are meant to give them that nudge, that push forward. And if that's what life's doing and you're clinging with bloody fingernails, to the very thing that, um, life's trying to take away. Yeah. It's just, that needs to be worked on. It needs to be worked on because you need to understand why you're doing that and why you are consciously choosing to block your abundance from coming by repeating the same cycles, right? A lot of it has to do with our unrecognized um, desire to continue punishing ourselves. You don't have to punish yourself anymore. You just, you don't. You don't have to punish yourself anymore, okay? I gotta get going, guys. If you would like to be part of the private discussion that I'm gonna have with our congregation, uh, this is where you go, the Soul Sanctuary. Uh, You click on the QR code or the link in the comment, and that will take you to where you can sign up for a recurring contribution. This recurring contribution goes directly to our church. It gets processed by church processors, payment processors. So um, it's not a membership, it's a recurring contribution. So, like uh, for many congregations, churches, um, the members will donate whatever amount um, every month, right? Um, it's the same thing, it helps to fund specific programs and whatnot for the church. Uh, what that's going to do, because again, it's a recurring contribution and not a donation. If you're in the United States, um, that could be claimed as a tax deduction because it's we're an actual church. We're not just calling ourselves a church. We're an actual church. So I will see you guys who are part of our church over in our sanctuary in like a minute or so. And I hope everyone has an amazing rest of your day.